Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the AN and After Show. It's me, Lindsay Loveridge, and James Beckett is here. What's up? And he has a new picture behind him from Toilet Bound Hanako yes. that I have not seen before. Oh, it, it's new. I, uh, it's actually a gift for my wife. So that's one of her favorite series. And so um, I was at, um, where was I? I was at, I was at Target. Oh. And um, they have like this little this little poster display, you know, and they had like a Deadpool and mm -hmm. um, Avengers and they had My Hero Academia and I think some Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. But I saw, I, and I've noticed this, um, Toilet Bound Hanako-kun is like weirdly blowing up. Like now? Yeah. Like I've been seeing merch for it. I've seen um, kids at my school that have like little pins and stuff for it. So oh. I don't know what happened or I don't know like what. I wonder if they got into Hot Topic. Maybe. I mean, it is like perfect Hot Topic vibes. Mm -hmm. Like that, that show is like ideal, like, you know, young adult Hot Topic. Like that's, that's just, it's, it's fodder for them. So, yeah. It's a great well, show and it's a good poster. So. Yeah. And it looks really cute back there. So yeah. uh, today we have, we have a lot of news and we have Chainsaw Man and we have Akiba Made War. We're going to talk about all of those things um, in no particular order, really. But yeah. yeah, but do what we feel like. Yeah, just kind of do what we feel like. The, I think the biggest news to come out that we're going to want to talk about is the Game Award nominees. Yeah. So let me just pull that up right over here. We've got an article up on Anime News Network that talks about all the, um, the Japanese developed games that are nominated. But there's also a lot of like indies and stuff on the main page that I was pretty excited about. It seems like by a large margin, Elden Ring, yeah, sure, is uh, up there with mm -hmm. most nominations. Um, also, Plague Tale, I think I saw as well. And I still have not managed to get around to that series. But no, I haven't things, played so. it yet either. I was like, is my brother gonna die if I play this? Like, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm actually ready for that. <laughs> At least we know he he doesn't die in the first one because his his face is on the the box art for the sequel. So that's true. That's true. That's that's You're at least a little for bit the first reassuring. Season. Yeah, there's actually a lot of uh, good boys nominated. God of War Ragnarok about yeah. Kratos and his son is in there. I haven't played that either, but um, quite good. Stray, which I know I really need to play, the one about the cat with a backpack going through town. Um, more more cat games. More cat games and. Also, I haven't played this, but I know, uh, or this weekend, games writer Giancarlo has been playing it for a while, and that's Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Oh, yeah. So all those are nominated for Game of the Year. Um, I also skipped over, but Horizon Forbidden West, which looks cool. Also, haven't played, but it's got a lady archer on the front, and she looks pretty neat. Um, a lot of those are, are across multiple categories. Uh, one that I was surprised to see is Immortality. I don't, have you played that, any of that, James? No. So... Immortality, it's, um, it's not a Japanese game. It's more like an interactive movie, and it's been multiple interactive oh, movies. Oh, wait, wait. Is that the um, the the one where you're, like, digging through, like, a bunch of archive files? Yes. And so yeah, okay. this company has made a, three different games of the same style. One was called Her Story. 
and I forget what the other one is. Her story was interesting because it was a bunch of recorded footage from a police station and through going through it and figuring out it's always never in chronological order. That's always the thing is that you're kind of jumping around and you have to figure out the, uh, the timeline and then figure out the real story. Mm -hmm. um, Immortality is about an actress who's been in three movies and then like disappeared. And so you have all this archive footage. Some of it is footage actually shot for the individual three movies. Some of it is footage that's like um, a read throughs or um, behind the scenes stuff. Behind the scenes stuff. And what makes it kind of maze like is that you can click on objects in any of the footage at any time and it will link you to a new one. And then that will get added to your archive footage. So you don't okay. start with all the footage in front of you. You're like clicking on things that will have some similarity to another object and another piece of footage. And you're kind of going through that to get all of the footage. And then, you know, maybe Satan's involved. It looked like it had some like strong, like David Lynch, Mulholland Drive vibes. So yes. Was... Yeah. Creepy stuff. Um, you have both the ability to watch the footage at regular playthrough or faster or in reverse. And we all know that Satan loves to communicate in reverse. So um, you'll hear a kind of a, a noise cue. Um, or if you play with a controller, and I didn't find this out until after I've been playing it, it'll vibrate. And if in that moment you play it in reverse, weird stuff will happen. Okay. Like maybe the footage will change entirely and there'll be a demon there talking to you. It actually manages to be really creepy. Like it manages to throw in a couple jump scares in there. That Ooh, I thought were good. Okay. Where like the shaky noise thing happens as a guy's walking directly in front of the camera. So the screen blacks out and I put it in reverse while that black was up there. When it went in reverse, he wasn't there anymore. And it was like, this shaved head entered it might not be a demon or it might be sort of like a hellraiser sort of situation interdimensional being sure sort of thing and then just starts talking to me like directly oh. and i'm like no i wasn't ready for that okay. so i think it's really fun and it's on game pass so is it on uh pc only or is it on xbox as well i think it's on xbox as well okay. it's got controller compatibility so i would think that you could play it on a console just as much as you could on a pc but I did like I, to check it out. I did like several hours of it in one playthrough. Got really freaked out and then haven't picked it back up. I mean, it sounds haunted, so yes, you might have yeah. made the right choice. Yeah. Um, so I was happy to see that one. Another game on here. It's not a Japanese game, but it's a really great game. Uh, it's up for uh, debut indie is Norco, which I think I talked about on here after, right after I played it. You did. Um, that's the one that's like a post-apocalyptic sci-fi story that takes place in Louisiana specifically and mm -hmm. they got all of it really like the setting and the tone and the writing and everything for that game is really really good so also highly recommend uh, that one but of the other games that are nominated we've got Bayonetta up for Bayonetta 3 up for best action which didn't actually get a great review from us over at Anime News Network I don't know if that's consistent with everyone's uh, feelings on it but I heard it has a lot of kind of obnoxious mini games in it that just hmm. aren't fun. And I don't know. Uh, for best adaptation, though, Cyberpunk Edge Runners and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie. Woo! I, 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 I've mentioned this before, but uh, that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie, like, 
that that that's one of those movies that spoke directly to like my inner nine-year-old that used to grab, oh, yeah. the, grab the archie comics just like straight off the shelf every week so um oh yeah i yeah. I, I haven't watched all of edge runners yet i know it's uh it's okay i haven't watched all of it either um i liked don't what i saw trigger i just interviewed them and acted <laughs> like don't tell me but yeah okay yeah. the interview's already done so the interview's done it's too late now. um yeah, I still need to. I still need to catch up on, on that one. Um, another one, two or three other kind of big news items that we have, uh, but I'll start with Ghibli making Star Wars, which is something I never thought I would ever say yep. in my entire life. But they are. They're making that make a you mass money. It, uh, it'll it'll get y'all. I'll make all sorts of friends. Yeah, they're taking the dust bunnies. I don't know if they're supposed to be the exact same ones from. Spirited Away, which I believe the Spirited Away ones are the ones that have eyes, right? Yes. The ones in Totoro do not. Um, But yeah, they're teaming up the Spirited Away Dust Bunnies are teaming up with Grogu from The Mandalorian to make Zen, Grogu, and Dust Bunnies. A short that is going to stream uh, this Saturday on Disney+. Plus. So Very exciting. Looks cute. I'm kind of wondering if the entire background is going to be sort of like this, if it's going to have that um, Japanese paper sort of feel Mm -hmm. in the background the entire time. And then it's just going to be like Grogu and the dust bunnies. I've also seen a picture of Hyao Miyazaki uh, in the background and in the foreground is this little Grogu guy. Uh, I mean, from everything, um, at least from everything that's been released so far, it doesn't seem like he was super involved, so I can like I can I'm just I'm just imagining the conversation. Like someone rips Miyazaki away from whatever hundred thousand cells of that how do you live movie he's been working on. And they're like, "Uh, Miyazaki san, would you mind just sitting down in front of this toy while we take a picture? And he doesn't even ask what for, he just goes, You're like, All right, cool. This will be 100 percent because if we put you in this picture, it's gonna get people excited because they associate you with the brand. But no, uh, Katsuya Kondo is directing the short and he's the same director, or he was a character designer actually, not a director, for Kiki's Delivery Service, Ponyo and Earwig and the Witch. So obviously very experienced, like has been with Ghibli for a really long time, but um, not necessarily in a director sense. And then they've got uh, Ludwig Göransson who did the Mandalorian score doing the music for it, so seems like it's sort of a, a jointly staffed project. Yeah, um, got some brand synergy going on. Unpopular take. I'm already tired of Grogu. Can we please move on? I like, I get like people love Grogu. Storable little baby from the Mandalorian. It's just. I mean, I'm just glad people aren't calling him Baby Yoda anymore. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll take any name other than Baby Yoda. I found that a little obnoxious. I get yeah. it. There's only like two others that we've ever met of that species so there's only so many things you can call them but yeah it's just that's true across like all the star wars stuff there's only been two of these little little green rabbit dudes i mean i'm sure there's like more in expanded lore and all that um as you know if you count like old republic but the, yeah. the ones that i know there's yaddle i know yaddle is okay. a thing yeah and the, there's yoda and yaddle's there's... an unfortunate name maybe because it, it just reminds me of a turkey <laughs> neck or something yeah, yeah yeah um but hey you know could be cute check it out on saturday if you got disney plus um i don't know part part of it's just kind of weird i guess it's like you said the mickey mouse money it just uh hits me weird i would have preferred if they were 
I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I love Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. And I've had a really hard time getting into the the post episode nine, like Disney plus stuff. They mean um, post episode eight. Because episode nine sucked. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. I guess that's what I meant. Episode nine did <laughs> suck. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, horrible film. Yeah. Um, complete disappointment after the masterpiece. It was episode eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, come at me, internet. But um, all of the TV stuff, like even Obi-Wan, um, mm-hmm. I liked the first couple episodes, but almost all of the Disney Plus shows, uh, Marvel included, except for a couple, I'll watch a few episodes and I'll enjoy them, but I will have absolutely, like, I'll just forget about them. Yeah, I haven't um, watched any more She-Hulk since like the past two or, like I watched the first two or three episodes and yeah. then just kind of forgot about it. Like they're fine. Yeah, uh, I liked Moon Knight. Moon Knight's one that I finished. Okay. I liked uh, WandaVision. I, yeah, I did watch all of WandaVision, but it was quite a while after it was over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think I finished a single Disney show. Although everything I've seen about Andor has me very, very curious. Um, yeah, just with the the amount of, um, I guess, narrative depth they seem to be going into. So I, I will. I think over Thanksgiving break, that'll be one of my. Yeah, maybe I'll do that when I'm holed up in the hotel and fly out to New York, everybody. I'm flying out to New York tomorrow for Anime NYC, which is taking place um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Javits. Um, and they've got a crazy lineup um, of guests coming out of that, including Hajime Isayama, the creator of Attack on Titan, is going to be there first time ever in the United States. That'd be very interesting. Uh, and he's going to have a panel and everything. So yeah, that'll be um, probably high demand to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um but we also have some Attack on Titan news related to that. Hold on to your butts, everyone. This is a big one. Um, this, is a, this is a huge one. I've got a new picture to show you specifically. Yeah. Look at all those characters. This was revealed at the Attack on Titan, the final season special event 2022, and is the key visual for, this is never not funny, uh, Attack on Titan, the final season part three, mm-hmm. which is being billed as the conclusion. That to me, mm-hmm. and I, I will, I, I Mappa, I know that you have um, made a lot of, uh, earned a lot of goodwill with how, how hard you've been rolling lately. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me that this part three is the conclusion, but then there is a film somehow, <laughs> I will be very upset. Now, I don't think, I don't think that's that going to be the case. I don't think there's enough material left to like fuel 12 episodes and a movie, but just like, we need to be done. We need to be done. Like Attack on Titan needs to end. Mm-hmm. Um, not, be- not because it's bad. If anything, I think this final season is some of the best Attack on Titan we've ever had. But it- it's been, ho- I mean, how many years has it been since the final season started? Oh, Two? just since the final season started? <laughs> I, can t- I can tell you that. Final season part one, which I think was originally just- Which was originally just billed as the final season. It was not billed as part one. Yeah. And then they were like, JK, uh, there's part two and part three. That premiered, yeah, 2020. God, that's insane. So the final season has just been going. By the time I think this premieres, it'll be like three years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I finally today actually spoiled the ending of Attack on Titan for myself. (gasps) I had held out this entire time, but there was conversation and i'd be interested to know what our listeners think about this um conversation that people expect the ending in the anime to differ from the manga um because of how it ends and um 
Hajime Isayama is even aware of the controversy surrounding it because Kodansha, I think it's on Instagram, put out a statement from Hajime Isayama leading up to AMANYC. See, the story goes full circle. Um, where he says that he knows the ending was controversial and to please be nice to him. That's not a direct quote. You can go read it exactly. But basically, it was sort of a preemptive, I'm meeting my public. There's going to be a lot of you there. And I'm sure some of you did not like how I ended this extremely popular series. Please don't yell at me in public. And he's right. Please don't yell at Hajime Isayama because you didn't like the ending of Attack on Titan at the end of the day. No matter how emotionally invested you were in it, it was his creation and he can end it however he wants. Um, if you didn't find it satisfying, that's fine. That's a valid opinion. Just, you know, don't yell at him. Or he'll never come back. <laughs> we've only got him the one time. Like, yeah. We've, yeah. Now, Lindsay, I got to ask you, and I'm not going to ask you to spoil anything. Okay. But I will say I've gotten a little tired over the last, however many years it's been since the manga ended mm -hmm. of people just like, sneaking up on me in like the middle of conversations and being like, you know, you're going to really hate the ending of Attack on Titan. It's good. You're going to hate it. It's going to make you so upset. It's going to ruin it for you. And I'm just sitting here going, I, why? Okay. Um, but you know me, Lindsay, you have a pretty good take on my tastes, I think. I think uh, so. You, you have to read them uh, very often every week. That's, yeah. Do you think the ending of Attack on Titan, if it remains true to the manga, will in fact uh, rustle my jimmies? No. Yeah. All I will say is that I kind of predicted it on some level on this show years ago. Hey, do and we have it? Do we have an audio record of it uh, by chance? Yeah, yeah. You guys can probably oh, go yeah. back to to this because we launched the podcast with Attack on Titan, uh, the final season, part one, and I threw out an idea of what I thought the ending would be. Jackie and I joked that it was, you know, Lindsay's personal fan fiction for Attack on Titan. And Jackie, who she is not here, but has repeatedly said that my ending was good, is kind of what happens. Hey, okay. So not exactly what happens, um, but in essence, I feel justified. I kind of called it. So... Hey. Okay. What are you going to do? Um, still more specific, but not enough to, to be considered spoilers. I do think maybe the execution probably is what most people got upset about as far sure. as like kind of not presenting something and then doubling back. And da -da -da. Yeah. Well, I know that Isayama, he's always been very... Um open to the manga being kind of like a second draft for, I mean, I know with part th season three, um, part two, I believe, or maybe it was part one, one part of season three, yeah. um, they made some significant changes to like the pacing and the structure of that entire story arc because Isayama himself was like, yeah, that, that wasn't very good. We can fix it. Yeah. Um, so I think I remember that, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Is so, I mean, case? I, I would be surprised if they heavily alter the ending based on the setup that we've already got going in the anime itself. Like, I don't really know what they could write out to change it in that way. So anyway, that's uh, just my take. Um, if you two need to know what happens in Attack on Titan, there's a couple articles out there that'll just straight up tell you. So, hey, what are you going to do? 
Do um, it, it, will the ending be explained? That's the title of one of them, too. Hey, you know, we'll probably do that. We'll just host a, an ending explained for the end of Attack on Titan when that hey, happens. You gotta, I mean, you know, you gotta go with what works. Yep. People want the ending explained. We can explain it. Yeah, we can We can tell you what happened to you, oh. I guess. So um, the last one is sort of a funny story, and it'll lead into our talk about Chainsaw Man itself. But Ayo Fujimoto, <laughs> Fujimoto lost his Twitter account. Um, it's hilarious. It's hilarious Twitter handle. Yeah. Um, so first, I guess you have to understand a couple of things. One is um, if you change the birth date on your Twitter account to something that is less than 13 years old, it automatically locks. The yep. Anime News Network found this out themselves a couple. Oh God, I don't know how long that was now. Like a year, two ish years ago. Did you try um, to do the thing I once tried to do with a uh, uh, um, a gimmick account where you tried to make the birthday like the, the day that you made the account or like the day that something yes. was founded? Yeah. Yes. Only I didn't do it. It was my boss that did it. I take no responsibility for this mishap. I didn't have anything to do with it. Um, I mean, to be but, fair, it's stupid. Like it, it will make your account locked. Yes. Like, you will make an account, but then it will immediately be locked and you will never be able to access it again. <laughs> yes. Like, unless unless you've got connections inside Twitter. Uh, for ANN specifically, this was traumatizing because we have, uh, it wasn't 1.6 million followers on the account as it is now, but it was pretty close to a million followers and we just had no access to the account whatsoever. So that feed for our articles and everything was completely down until we could actually get a hold of someone like inside Twitter and explain it. Um, we have a backup account um, that we were able to use in the meantime. That said, Tatsuki Fujimoto um, ran into a similar issue because there was a Twitter account that claimed to be his little sister. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't his little sister. It was. It was just him. He was just being a goof. He was just being a goof. He was just RPing as Koharu Nagayama, the elementary school aged little sister of Tatsuki Fujimoto, and then would post things related to like Chainsaw Man and stuff on there. That is while... really funny, to be fair. Like, <laughs> genuinely a funny bit. I like that bit. <laughs> it's yeah. a good bit. Uh, Marks pointed out that the Twitter account was locked just last year. Um, so much stuff has happening all the time that everything feels like a long time ago to me. But okay, maybe that was just last year. I knew it was within the last two years. Um, so yes, Tatsuki Fujimoto's account, it gets locked. Um, he can't get back in. So he makes a new account and starts having to, you know, kind of plead his case publicly. He contacted his editor, who uh, we've interviewed, uh, Shihei Lin and asked them to vouch for him. So his editor came out and said, yes, this account belongs to the brother of the little sister of Tatsuki Fujimoto, which is just a full circle, unless you know he wants to pretend to be a brother. But he started posting, uh, if you head over to it though, he's, he's posting pictures of like designs for the characters that were rejected. And I've got one I wanna show of Aki here because Aki almost looked like this, almost had like three, like claw mark style scars across his eye he used to have multiple ear piercings and a lip ring which is just scandalous it's kind of hot to be honest like i'm a yeah. little upset that we didn't get this aki let me see um, if i can just pull this up and then um 
I don't know, was this supposed to be power? Was power supposed to have like a robotic snake familiar or something? I mean, yeah, you kind of see some that. similarity there with like how the bangs are oriented. So maybe. Um, and then Chainsaw Man looks mostly the same. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's there's, this, only, yeah. there's only, I guess there's only, I mean, I guess there are a lot of different ways you could do the face, but I don't know, like that. Chainsaw Man is it's such an iconic design. Yeah. Um, like it's genuinely, I think, one of the best like hero silhouettes that I've ever seen in my life. Can't mistake it for anyone else. You're never going to think that's Batman. No. If you no. see that, yeah. Um, even without his big phallic chainsaw thing, the fact that he has, I mean, just like the shark teeth and like the, yeah. the, the motor ears, like it's just such a, it's just so good. Yeah, it's good. Chainsaw Man's good. Yeah. <laughs> So if you want to follow Taski Fujimoto, um, his new account is Ashitaka underscore Ava. And that's uh, on Twitter. So I don't know. Is that supposed to be a reference to Ashitaka like Princess Mononoke and then just Ava like Evangelion? Like, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Dude uh, is addicted to references. So that is that is true. I just would have I'm surprised it's not more movie related. Um, I mean, there's technically, I mean, there's, there's Evangelion movies. So that's true. That's true. That's true. I guess I'm, I mean, like live action movies, but um, you remember, you remember when Weta was going to do that live action Evangelion? I think <laughs> I know where I was when that was announced. And the answer is middle school. I think I was in middle school when yeah. the Weta workshop Evangelion thing with Oscar renamed like uh like Ashley it, or something. Was she Ash someone was like oh yeah maybe it was Ashley Rose. Someone had yes. wrote like it was a double name. It was Ashley Rose that sounds exactly right. Yeah. I wonder if it would have been like Sean Icarus. <laughs> That's just like all their last names like yeah. Gendo is like George Icarus. Yeah George Icarus yeah. That's not bad, actually, as far as like you know what, yeah, I mean, pop culture names for a for an evil dude. Yeah, the Icarus thing is actually a great allusion like a good, to his overall to plot. Yeah, he's gonna. Fuck I've been back. watching enough Gundam to be honest that like yeah. completely idiotic names mean nothing to me anymore. Oh yeah, um, like I'll just there'll be a character named Full Frontal, and I'll go, all right, yeah, that's a name that someone would go by. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> I'm ah, sad we had to recap this week. I'm, 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 I'm honestly jonesing for, for more Witch for Mercury. I was like really feeling the lack of, um, especially with that, that, um, that happy birthday ending from last. Yes. From... Yeah. How is he? Is he okay? The answer is no. No, but, he's mean... definitely been vaporized. <laughs> he's super dead. Um, they're just gonna bring out another one. It's like another Ayanami. No, I, I was just thinking the polar. They're they're combining the the cyber new type uh, tragic romance trope that I'm just now discovering in Zeta Gundam, where uh -huh. it's like, oh, to Tomino, you've uh, you're literally <laughs> you're literally falling back on the same trope twice within the span of eight episodes, <laughs> um, but okay. Um, but yeah, and then they also get to throw some Ava in there. So I think uh, Tatsuki Fujimoto would be pleased. Speaking of Tatsuki Fujimoto, we better break down um, what I'm gonna refer to as Chancel Man's Endless Eight episode. It will not last eight episodes, but they are stuck on the eighth floor yeah. endlessly. 
I was going to call it the Kobeni stabs everybody episode. So do we want to immediately jump to Kobeni opinions? Because I have some Kobeni opinions. I mean, I, I'd love They're to hear them popular. because my Kobeni opinion is that she is freaking hilarious. And I really love that her immediate response to this mess is to completely lose her mind and that her uh, her first solution to every problem is to um, betray and murder her teammates. It's true. It's true. I guess if you take a step back from the episode, it's pretty freaking funny that she's just like, I'm going to just try and stab power and power is just like laughing in her face like you're an idiot. I was like, it's not going to do anything. And we're going to kill Denji because it wants us to kill Denji and I don't want to starve to death or I'm going to threaten to stab anyone else. I mean, she did stab someone else, but I mean, she was waving that knife at everybody. She was. Yeah, she's I mean, she was going to drink toilet water. Um, no, she did drink toilet water and then got knocked out for it, I think. Yeah. Or did she get knocked out in her attempt to drink the toilet water? I'm not sure. I guess we don't know. It's ambiguous. I don't know if she got any in her mouth or not. But Power just ate all the rations. <laughs> She's a fucking gremlin. Yeah. This episode is hilarious, you guys. Yeah. Like, like I was uh, sometimes I try not to just because I don't want to like. Uh, have anything influenced my opinion before I, I write the review but every now and then um because it's it's the right there i'll like take a peek at the the comments in the Crunchyroll app just to see what like all the fans are saying yeah and um you know obviously there's like thousands of comments and so they're all over the place but i, I saw quite a few that were like bro nothing happened this week it's like what are you talking about this week was great Kobeni stabbed everybody <laughs> i mean we could argue that like there was a lot of setup because they were just trying to figure out what is going on and then how do we deal with it and then you know there's like a moral quandary of like do we kill this dude to save the rest of us even though that goes against the point of being a a devil hunter or what but um yeah it i wouldn't say nothing happened i mean we hadn't really gotten to know kobeni and the other guy whose name i'm just never gonna remember awry awry we haven't really gotten to know either of them they're both terrible at their jobs. That's all we know about. They them. are. They are. I don't, I mean, I've actually genuinely felt really bad for Kobeni because like when she first breaks down, she's like, my parents made me get a job so my brother could go to college. I wanted to go to college. But he's he's considered the gifted one. And now I'm going to die here. I'm going to starve to death, trapped on the eighth floor of a hotel. Like, yeah, it's Look, pretty, I'm not um, trying to be mean to Kobeni, but having read the manga, um, I think I think we can both say that her parents were right. And then, and then if they were going to spend that college tuition on any of their kids, I have to believe that her brother was better at things than Kobeni was because yeah. Kobeni is genuinely terrible at everything she tries to do. So my unpopular opinion about Kobeni, at least from what I, the conversations I've had with manga readers, a lot of people like her in the sense that she's like a comedic joke, right? Like they just find her antics kind of funny. Um, I don't know what this says about me or my personality type. I've been told I have kind of a type A personality, which should maybe surprise no one. But um, if I had to be in a room with her, I would probably kill her. Like she drives me up the wall um, with her just like her like losing it and in, in the heat of any kind of like conflict or whatever and creating more problems, anxiety moment. Like I get like, as far as entertainment goes, yes, she's funny to watch. But as far as like empathetic feeling goes, like I don't like her. Hey, I mean, I, I, 
100% agree with you in that she would be terrible to work with. Yeah. I think my, my thought this whole episode was we've all been in this situation where we're working on a group project, right? Sure. And, you know, you got your lazy assholes like Denji, who just wants okay. to take a nap. And then you got your leaders, you know, that are mm -hmm. taking charge of the situation and actually trying to get things done. Like Aki and Himeno, yeah. Uh -huh. And then you have like this, the, the guys that are there, but they're not really contributing anything they're just kind of like letting other people take charge like awry um and then you have the people like kobeni who will like they'll break their pencil and all of a sudden um the, their world has ended and um there's not even any point in continuing this whole project sucks and it's stupid and why do we, why do we even try this is pointless and uh, i'm not speaking from personal experience or anything um especially as a teacher of uh teenagers yeah but, um uh yeah it's she it's a very real vibe that this girl has but understandable i mean they are in a, a nightmare scenario yeah sure out of hell but whatever you know yeah it's your job uh theo asked if i tend not to like coward archetype characters in media that i think it is a range for instance shaggy from scooby-doo i'm really fine with shaggy shaggy's fine i mean i get that he doesn't want to deal with any ghosts and he's kind of a wimp but he doesn't like bother me um, but then we know you love Zenitsu from uh, I was gonna Demon say, Slayer. but then there's Zenitsu from Demon Slayer, who I just do not really like the time that he's on screen very much, but that's a combo of his voice acting and his character type. Uh, Kobeni, I don't find her voice annoying, so it's I don't think it's in like an auditory, like sort of thing. Um, it's just that, like James's example. And I, this could be a personal character flaw in which I will take full responsibility for. Um, I have always had a hard time with just like incredibly anxious people. Now I have some anxiety. A lot of people, I mean, you can't like exist in this world without having like some levels of anxiety, I think. Um, but as a kid, even, um, I feel like I've gotten better as an adult as an adult. Um, I had a hard time with shy kids because I couldn't really under, I couldn't really like get that feeling myself. And then I was just like, why don't you just do the thing? And yeah. so I get that overwhelming feeling with Kobeni too. It's like, why don't you just do something? Um, quit freaking out all the time. It's, uh, I can't control it. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, it's okay. The, I mean, the moral of the story is Kobeni does suck. She's great. But like her, mm. her point is to be bad at things. Yeah, <laughs> as far yeah. as the dynamic of the show goes, like her, her whole stick is that she she should not be here. Yeah, <laughs> she, you know. Um, yeah, that she's just like really ill suited for the job. And I I, I can find like uh, comedy in just horribly incompetent characters too. If mm. it's funny, I think it's the combo of her being both really incompetent and then also shaking like a leaf constantly that makes yeah. me want to punch her out of a window. Like, it's, it's like, it's like yeah. a primal need <laughs> to throw her out a window. So guys can hate me for that, I guess. I'll, I'll take that. That's fair. It's I, mean, I think it's perfectly understandable. <laughs> for the record, I've never actually thrown any of these types of people out of a window though. Like, but on the inside. Yes. Vividly Deeply. imagined, yeah. Yeah, viscerally.
Why and that's how and that's how you live in society. So that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <clears throat> if you can't if you can't imagine how you would mercilessly dispatch the people that displease you, but then proceed to you know get along with them as a professional adult, then you know it, it, life is harder. So <laughs> you got to find you got to strike the balance. It's true. It's true. Um, Aki really seemed kind of like the MVP of this episode, holding down the fort. Hell yeah, Aki's a good boy. Yeah. You know, he was doing rounds. He was trying to trying to find that devil wherever it could be. Just trying to figure it out. Um, do we have a good? But they're yeah trapped on the eighth floor. What did you think about Himeno and Aki bonding over cigarettes, James? I think um, I just saw a clip of. I want to say it was maybe. I can't remember who who it was. Was it Panda Funny? Was it IG? Someone was interviewing Guillermo del Toro. Okay. Um, and uh, they were asking him some questions and they asked him about cigarettes. And he mm -hmm. said, they look really cool. They're bad for your health, obviously, but they look really cool. Yeah. And I think being a cinephile, Tatsuki Fujimoto understands. In Japan in general, their cinema has a long and storied uh, history of um, uh, understanding the aesthetic appeal of smoking. Where, yeah. um, I mean, I think it's a perfect metaphor, right? Like, I think it's a perfect metaphor. I mean, they, they spell it out where she says, look, we're all we're all going to die horrible deaths. Probably that's kind of our, our lot in life. So why not smoke? Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of a, they're, they're bonding over their, their mutual kind of understanding of their mortality. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, this was a cover of uh, a Japanese magazine yeah. that put um, Aki on the cover smoking because he looks really hot when he does it. Guys, it, it's a pro smoking looks really cool. It's like, yeah. it's just, I, and as someone that grew up around smokers and hates the smell of cigarettes, yeah. smoke, and I have asthma boy lungs, so I, I don't partake. It just looks great. Like it's a perfect, yeah. like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it, it has this, I don't know, this like abstract metaphorical aesthetic hotness to it. It's, yeah. It's really upsetting. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, that kissing them is going to like, it's going to taste. Oh, awful. it does. It, it tastes like a licking awful. an ashtray. It does. Uh, my husband does not smoke, but in my teens, I dated two different smokers and like, yeah, one of them kind of looked like James Dean when he did it and it was hot, but like he also, well, he switched to cigars at one point. He was one of those, you know, but I mean, I have, I, I have enjoyed a cigar on occasion, but it's because, you know, once every like year, maybe. Yeah. So it's not something that's going to take away your ability to taste things. I mean, there was, I, I would at parties uh, get like um, the Swisher sweets, Swisher sweets, or they were um, just clove flavored clove cigarettes oh, yeah. until Obama made them illegal. Thanks, Obama. Um, Thanks, Obama. But I would only do those in like rare social situations and which was maybe like two times a year or something yeah. like that. And it was one of the, <laughs> to sound like another president, I didn't inhale, you know, but yeah, yeah, it was just, it was a, th it was an aesthetic thing. It's like, yeah, I've had, you know, a couple drinks and now I'm going to go on the back porch and light up a, a cherry clove cigarette and look really cool. Uh, for the record, a &N does not endorse tobacco products. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked a lot about how cool it looks to smoke. Don't smoke, you guys. It's really bad for you, okay? This is purely on a visual level. I do not recommend it. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, any sense of the word. So. Is there something deeply and just 
inherently satisfying about being like three or four drinks in and taking like a long drag on a cigar and just kind of swishing mm-hmm. the smoke around and getting that that earthy flavor and yeah it's wonderful it's great but also cancer sucks so oh yeah horrible. not not worth it nope can i just nope. say by the way um the i think this is maybe the most screenshots i've ever grabbed for an episode of anything i think i got like 50 oh yeah the 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 storyboarding and the editing and the cinematography of this episode was so next level that mm-hmm. every like two seconds, there was just a shot that I was like, well, we need that. Obviously we need to talk about this incredible, you know, uh, rack focus of um, her reflection with the cigarette in, in the window. Like that's just a great yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, the scene, it was nice to see how her and Aki's like rapport has built as partners over time, mm-hmm. but it did feel kind of weird to watch someone like really kind of egg a person on to start smoking. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, like, yeah, Japan in the nineties and it's true. It is. Yeah. Again, the nineties. I, I mean, again, it was kind of hot. Like just, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just, there's something about that. Like I, I hate that stupid line from that one book about like that, that John Green book about the, the kid with cancer. Who's like, you know, he waxes poetic about cigarettes and how it's like, you know, I like to hold my death in my hands or whatever. <laughs> and it's just like, no, that's, but again, when it's like, overwrought. I will say I did love, I, I, I think I've, I've learned that part of the reason that Aki got so upset with getting shit wiped on his face is yeah. that he's actually really bad at pranks because, oh. <laughs> because his prank to the woman that slapped. Oh, that right. Slapped him. He just put the dumb, uh, you just put gum on her clothes. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene, and you probably have a screenshot in here. Oh, I um, <laughs> damn it, Kobani. I don't know. I missed this line the first time around. Uh, Theo pointed it out that her parents gave her the options of either becoming a devil or a sex worker, and I somehow missed sex worker when she said that. She couldn't do that either. I don't. I think both of those were bad uh, career options for her. Yeah, I mean, destigmatized sex work, but she obviously didn't want to do it. So I- no, she didn't want to do it. Um, and I think just based on her general personality that we see here, I don't think that would have went well for her either. Um, I think Denji sleeping in the bed was actually the best choice. That be fa- that that face in this particular shot, this that one? that long shot of him just still giving that. Dumbass grin. Maybe, grin. My, maybe my favorite single frame of the entire episode. Yes. It's yes. just like, hey, look at me. I'm in bed. This bed is freaking sweet. And then he actually fell asleep. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I haven't gotten to the shot yet about the lady with the bubble gum. So I'm just going to say that um, I thought that was interesting that, you know, Himeno's partners keep dying and she just has these interactions with their, like, remaining loved ones and they all kind of beat the shit out of her uh, i think we should give power a nobel prize I should just and make her president yeah because that's what she's decided she's going to do with her life now is just like get the nobel prize she's at least honest she says that it is her number it is her uh one-way stop to increase human suffering so she's like yeah. i want to become president so i can ruin the world yeah and that's admirable, you know. That's honesty in our politicians for once. Please, please be upfront about it, right? Yeah, um, that was kind of an ongoing bit during this episode. Himeno, I think, checks with Aki about it. 
or Denji. I don't remember which. Means Denji. Himino's like, um, I don't know what the hell is wrong with her. And Denji's like, Ah, oh, no, she's just like that. <laughs> yeah, this is just. She's normal. fine. She's she's she does not care about what's happening right now. Yeah, she's always like that. Yeah. So more smoking, more smoking, more smoking. Slap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his idea of a prank is just putting gum on her back. I think the confidence with which he like asserts, like, don't feel bad. You know, it was my choice to get vengeance, but I put gum on it. Like he's like, yeah. he's convinced he's done like a super like, you know, Chad dick move type thing. Yeah. And it's because, you know, she's gonna walk around all day and she's not even gonna know there's gum on her. <laughs> so like, everyone's gonna see it and they're gonna think that lady's so stupid. She has like, gum on her. Aki, you also should you should not be in this line of work either. You are too freshest for this. <laughs> if that is your like idea of how to get back at someone. Yeah. <laughs> This was hot. Again. It is. I mean, it's don't just... smoke, guys. But but if you're going to, be hot about it. I yeah, I 100% was thinking what Denji said because um, he calls him out and says it's indirect kissing. It's not fair. That's kissing, and he just like is really mad that she kissed him because she uh, gave him her her last cigarette. And anyway, the maturity on display. All right, so yeah, the actual devil though is basically a giant flesh blob. Yeah, the Eternity Devil. Although it's not its real body. It's, yeah, the Eternity Devil. And we kind of see that there's like a, uh, a, I'm making a shape with my hands, a Morbius strip sort of thing that I think is its primary body that's either, it's like way deep in there, I think. Well, it's um, not entirely clear how the, how the physicality of this thing is working. Yeah, um, it, it it claims that here in the eighth floor, like they can't access its core or whatever, and so they can't kill it. Like there's no way to kill it. Yeah, uh, there's supposed to be no at. way to kill it, and they have no way to escape. They can't escape out the windows because it just leads to the the room across the hall. They can't escape from um, the stairs because up or down just brings them back to the eighth floor, and so yeah, that's kind of the eternal loop that they're in right now due to this giant flesh blob. And that's when Kobani really just starts trying to stab everybody. Because it wants to she get enough? Were there just knives lying around in this? I think that was her weapon of choice. Oh, you know, okay. like Denji's got a hatchet. So she just has a, a butcher's knife? A giant knife, knife I think. Okay. Yeah. So they're both frozen in time and in this space. So there's also no chance of rescue. Um, and that has driven Kobeni absolutely mad. Uh, Aki can't use his fox demon because it's not centralized to him. They, I think they said it's bodies in Kyoto. Yeah, but well, they're trapped in like a single instant of time. And so yeah. since, since basically he summons the fox demon from wherever it's like Kyoto headquarters is, I think it just, you know, I think it teleports or whatever, but it can't teleport to where they're at because they're kind of outside of the normal, normal plane of existence. So, yeah. So, so, um, Kimono tries to use her, her ghost demon on it and it can be beaten up, but it just sort of like regrows. And what we learn is fear, or I think, I think it's just fear in its vicinity will cause it to get larger. 
Yeah, well, and they, I mean, that's part of why, like, that's part of why Power is having such a great time is because she loves all of the suffering. Yeah. Like, she's just like, she's like, you know, she's a psychic vampire in that way. She's like, yes, more. Yeah. Uh, she's just, when when poor Kobeni is having, like, a, a nervous breakdown and Power yeah. just. And arise off her. having a panic attack in another room, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And Power's just like, this is great. This is great. I think we should just kill Denji. Yeah. What do you guys think? And so that's when the conundrum kind of shows up. Saki's like, we're not killing Denji. We have to keep Denji. Makima would be really mad if we killed Denji, although that's never actually said, but I think that's kind of... That's a part of it. Know, yeah, I think he knows that. And um, I think Aki is like, I think... I, I think he's come to recognize that, that Denji is, at his core, you know, he's a good boy. Yeah. And I think he, I think he does want to stick to that principle of like, no, we, we only kill devils. Yeah, like we killed the bad guys, and Denji isn't a bad guy. He's just an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that ends up causing a, a bigger thing between the entire group because, of course, Kobeni wants just wants to kill him. Uh, Power wants to do whatever seems like the most fun, and Himeno um, wants to kill him because if they run out of options, Aki threatens to use his sword. And she explains that the use of the sword will shave a significant amount of time off his life. And because a lot of this episode is kind of framing Aki and Himeno's relationship, we're supposed to understand like why that would be so upsetting to her to the point where she would kill Denji. Yeah. Um, She's lost like how many partners at this point? Like I thought like when he showed up, it was like eight. Yeah. Like it was so. a lot. It was less than 10, like more than five, I think. So um, yeah, she's She's lost. fine with giving him throat and lung cancer, but. Yeah. Right. So that they have something to bond over, you yeah. know, in the quiet moments. And I mean, she's given her eye away for her, her ghost contract. Uh, Theo says it's five partners. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a lot. That's yeah, a lot. That's of, a lot of people. It's a lot you of know, loss. So. That is a lot. So, um, sorry, it's just power eating all of the snacks. And then she blames it on Denji. Um, <laughs> just loses her shit, man. <laughs> She's just completely lost it. Yeah. Um, Aki's going to use his sword anyway. Uh, Himeno prevents him from doing so using the ghost thing. And she intends to like sacrifice Denji. And that's how Kobeni stabs Aki. Maybe that's why I'm so angry at her. Is because in all of her like completely losing it in a time of crisis, she stabs Aki. Yeah. And I like Aki. I'm not okay with that. Don't stab Aki. The stupid mistake. It is. And I, I think I got the screenshot where she's like, this isn't my fault with like the bloody knife in her hands. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not me. Yeah. And I think that probably bothered me too in the same way because she doesn't take responsibility for her stupid mistake either. Like she immediately tries to absolve herself. Yes. When power says, does it, it's cute. When Kobeni yeah, does it, it's infuriating. But when Kobeni does it, I'm just like, she has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. I just She doesn't get a Nobel Prize. No. Or she gets the Nobel Prize president. for sucking. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so the episode pretty much ends with Denji deciding he's going to dive right into the Eternity Devil and go vroom vroom and probably tear it all up from the inside. Well, we his, call it a day, right? His plan is, uh, it's it's specifically, they know they can't kill it. Mm -hmm. But Denji noticed that when um, Himeno was uh, exploding him with her ghost, that he still felt pain. Yeah. And so his plan is, well, I'm made of chainsaws. 
And so if I just go all up in his guts and chainsaw them up long enough, I'll make him hurt so bad, he'll just kill himself. Oh. <laughs> Which is like, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah, to escape the pain. Yeah. yeah. So that's his plan. Yeah. Is to bully the eternity devil into killing himself. <laughs> Good luck with that. I actually, it's been long enough since I read that chapter in the manga that I don't remember exactly how it turns out. Me neither. As far as like, you know. I didn't remember any of it. I remember them being trapped in the hotel. Yeah. And I remembered um, a little bit of the um, backstory, uh, flashback stuff that we got. But all, yeah. pretty much all of the Eternity Devil stuff, I was like, oh, sure, I guess. Yeah, so. when they said this giant like blob wall of human flesh was the Eternity Devil, I was like, oh, I don't remember that that's what it looked like. Yeah. All right. Sure, why not? Yeah, so. I mean, another, I mean, to me, I would like... I think this is, I mean, this is a five, a five out of five episode as far as like execution goes. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think there was a better way to execute this material. Right. Um, this, although I will say, actually, there was one flaw. Oh. Um, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this, but okay. I didn't love the, I didn't love the ending this week. Oh, so, hey, I thought the song was a bop, but the animation was just okay. You see, I didn't like either. I thought the animation oh. was kind of boring and the song, I was like, eh. I don't know. It didn't, didn't do it for me. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah well, it, it is not in competition with last week. Last week's still oh, yeah. way That's up there too. for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'll be surprised. I mean, obviously, I don't know what other songs are, are lined up, but I enjoyed that that last one so much. I'll be very shocked if anything manages to unseat it. Or at the very least, if anything it is like, if anything, like, kicks it off the, the throne. Maybe something will, like, tie, but... yeah. That song is just really good, and the yeah. bass is incredible. So yeah, I'm probably gonna listen to it again now after uh, after I get out of of recording this podcast. Well, we don't we don't have a ton of time left, but I did catch up on Occupy Maybore, and Stuff I do want I do want to talk about Occupy Maybore. Mainly this lady, this queen she is perfect. She's she's amazing. No notes, no changes needed. Nice. Just like breaking kneecaps. Um, Taking out hits, robbing places, mm -hmm. shitting all over Unagi, you know, just. Yeah. I saw folks um, online that were complaining a little bit that, like, what? they thought the tonal shift was a bit much. What? Like, that, that the show was suddenly, like, asking us to kind of take it a lot more seriously than it had up until this point. Which, to me, was the joke. Yeah, I don't. Because... I mean, I think the best thing about uh, and um, I forgot her name. The like the crimson, crimson supernova, crimson Call supernova. Her, uh, Rob Van God damn, put that in there. There we crimson go. Crimson supernova. Yeah, crimson supernova. Um, well, she doesn't my, have a real name. <laughs> no, she does. She does. It's um, I forgot it, but they uh, they say it a couple times oh, okay. in the episode. But the best thing about this character, other than the fact that she is completely deranged and a psychopath, mm -hmm. is that she is committed to the space alien bit. Uh -huh. Like that is the best. Like she will, she drops the puns uh -huh. and she works the alien abduction theme into her threatening monologues. Like yeah. she will not back down from the fact that she is, on top of being a murderous Yakuza maid, a space invader from another world, because that's her. Their whole shit, because their their group is Mal Mal Malian. Medalians. Medalians. Yes, 
And so they've all now. I don't think all of them are necessarily, or maybe they are all space themed. But I think so. If, if so, then I didn't catch all the connections because there's some maids that were sitting there when she first like shows up and meets the new head or whatever, and one of them just looked like a strawberry. So I don't like but, a strawberry alien. I'm sure you know that's just a straw lady in a strawberry hat kind of oh. kind of deal, like fruit themed. So I mean, I don't I don't know, but. Yeah, I thought this entire episode was hilarious. I didn't feel like I was supposed to take it more seriously. I mean, the premise is this lady gets out of jail and immediately starts up upheaving like the status quo that's been set up. She wants to start a war with the Creatureland group, um, murder anyone who isn't as strict as she is at following the the rules and code. <laughs> yeah, the code, the maid code. And is also, she kind of talks like an old man. Yep. So, like, she bonds a little bit with Ronco at this, like, run-down looking ramen restaurant that operates, I think, under the Oinky Doink Cafe. And they share a couple beers and talk about the good old days kind of crap. And um, there's a, like, what would be equivalent to, like, a blood brothers ceremony done over ramen between oh, so Naomi and uh nebula nebula it's like it's kind of like nebula but not yeah, I, think that's, I think that's the pun is yeah yeah and uh they take it really seriously and become sisters and that culminates in a sad alley shooting she gets gut shot in the middle of an alley three times they shoot her three times in that alley and then ronko has to like step in and be like it would be against the code for you to attack us now because they killed they kill i'm gonna call her nebula because i'm gonna keep messing it up um they kill her because she betrayed them to give the oinky doink cafe a heads up that they were planning to go in there and kill all of them so yeah. she's a spy and uh I mean, we've gotten to, this is, it's literally just the plot of a Yakuza game. Yes. Yes. It, Ronko is Kiryu. Okay. Um, this, this lady is basically our, uh, our Dojima. Uh -huh. um, maybe not Dojima. She's a little too like straightforwardly evil, but you know, she's, she's one of the Yakuza villains who like shows up out of nowhere and all the characters in the games are like, oh, it's that guy that like has actually been here the whole time, but he was just in prison. And yeah, yeah. He arrives and starts. People start dying, and there's all these twists and betrayals. The only difference is they're dressed up in made outfits. Yeah. Also, she her outfit doesn't seem space themed. It seems like flower themed to me. Did yeah. I but I mean, she. I mean, they. They. She's See, screaming about the, about the big strawberry thing. lady over here. I don't know. Well, she's got stars though. She's got. Oh wait, no, never mind. That's well, those are connected to to her, and then uh, like this lady kind of kind of got a tanuki deal going on. I mean, we've got some of them that got these like. Antenna. Alien antenna sort of deals, you know, but maybe she's so be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she like slams her face into some eel. Um, I, Just the I still can't believe this, this otaku motherfucker is like calling shots, but yeah, it all starts over them crushing Wub Wub Moonbeam. What episode was that? I was like trying to remember what went down. Wasn't that, that the first one? Wasn't that the rabbits that they killed? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, they were because rabbits on the moon. That's yeah. right. And I thought they were a creature land group because they were rabbits, but I think I guess they must have been an alien group. Oh, they totally they never once explained this alien yeah. thing up until this episode. Yeah, no, the whole alien maid group was not 
a thing um, up until this episode for sure. But again, that's like I just I've been I've been playing through the the Yakuza series over the last few years, and I, yeah. I just I just finished the the Kiryu saga. I'm on to I'm finally on to, to like a dragon. Okay, and um, I think it's in the sixth game. Uh, the whole plot revolves around this third Yakuza family that's uh -huh. secretly been there the entire time. And is, is the just time. and they're and they're just as important and everyone knows about them. They've just never been mentioned because they haven't been relevant to the plot. Okay. Um, and you just go, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, not there yeah. or for whatever reason. It doesn't really matter. None of that. None of the. None of the mob war machinations matter. The whole point is that weirdos and flashy outfits murder each other in the street. Kill each other in the street. Police don't seem to care as long as you run away and leave the body behind. There's no repercussions for killing people. Um, uh, uh, Steve uh, in the chat asked who's Majima. Yeah. And I think I think Majima would I mean, I get, Majima uses a bat a little. Well, no. I guess he maybe Majima would be the Russian girl. Okay. You know, they start off as enemies. Yeah. yeah but then they, you know, they become friends. Mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. if there's a Majima, a perfect Majima correlation, but yeah, I'm gonna think about it. <laughs> I guess also the main alien uh, takeover of Akiba is known as the Akiba Big Bang. Yeah, that's what like they're calling that operation, which I find really funny. Um, she has learned nothing. If we all go apologize really hard, this was so funny. She's like, if we all go apologize really hard. I'm sure they'll forgive us. And what she's talking about specifically is from the previous episode, the birthday episode. They murdered an entire they cafe. They murdered an entire, like, it was one of the nicer cafes. They had, you know, great venue location. They were very popular. They had a lot of maids in there. Um, killed all of them. Because one psycho one was mad that Ronco and her shared the same birthday and tried to drown them in tomato juice. Yep. And so as part of the rescue operation to get Ronco and, uh, oh God, her name just left me. Nagomi. Nagomi back. They kill everyone in that goddamn cafe. They do. Now, in fairness, maybe they weren't going to release them, but you know, that's kind of what. And I was surprised, and I just forgot her name, but the 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 short girl. Um, uh, Big earner with the pigtails. Yes. Yeah. Um, she was the one that she just started shooting. Yeah, uh, like she was just like, right, I'll kill all you guys. I was like, okay, I guess I guess we're all murderers here. It's not just Ranko anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, we're all out to. The boss sucked this week, by the way. Yes, yeah, because she tries to convince Nagomi to. I mean, she urges her to make the sistership under the pretense of it being honest at first, but really, it's just because she wants Nagomi to sell her out and be a spy to get information, and then Nagomi refuses, and then it turns out that. Uh, Nebula, not Nebula, is uh, doing it on her own anyway. So they get the information anyway, just because she was. <laughs> I'm gonna go crush the pigsty they call Oinky Doink is a really good line. Um, it's a great show. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted. I, I Are these just ask... all like lines of hers yeah, that you well, like? Gonna, that last one specifically, I was going to ask you if that's how you sometimes feel like having to dig through the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> no comment on 
on my feelings about the A and N comment section. Not not necessarily A and N. I was thinking more like people yelling at you on Twitter over like, oh, Vic yeah. Mignona stuff or whatever. Oh, Vic Mignona stuff. <laughs> like the court documents that came out today that hey. he's trying to appeal his case to the te- Texas Supreme Court. Hey, I said we can we can we can follow that one up maybe next week when uh, more details about that come out. When they but inevitably, I felt like it was done specifically because we made fun of him on the podcast last yeah. week about Nebraska. And he's like, "I'll show you. I'll spend <laughs> even more money to be publicly humiliated by the legal system." <laughs> you had to call him out about wanting to be like flagrantly and publicly humiliated on a scale never before seen by man. Uh, Your Honor, uh, the nefarious website in question alleged that my uh, client, who is innocent, uh, did not tip the waitress at the Chili's (laughs) that he and his friends uh, uh, conducted their impromptu and unplanned uh, gathering. And I can confirm that he did, in fact, tip. Oh, well, he he tipped an an autographed business card. Uh, with directions for how to book him for a convention. So, yes, that is not uh, worth any monetary value and would, in fact, be seen as an insult. But he did leave a tip. And therefore, uh, we uh, we argue that he should be paid back in full by Funimation uh, plus interest. I'd also like to note it was stapled to a Bible tract. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, James. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just imagining a chick tract. <laughs> right. What about evil voice actresses or something? <laughs> oh. <sighs> so, anyway, uh, this is a great show. I don't even know if I, it would be a good idea for me to show screenshots of her getting straight up shot in this alleyway. But um, she does. And Nagomi, once again, is... That girl needs so much therapy. Oh, I know. But she also needs to learn... What, I mean, she she accepted a while ago that she is working in an industry that demands blood. <laughs> right. And the fact that she is still in the, in the mindset that you can just apologize your problems away. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think this unfortunately needed to happen... So that yeah. she will at least understand that um, she's either got she has to change her name and leave the country forever, uh-huh. or she needs to pick up some kind of improvised weapon along with her other onky doink sisters <laughs> and kill the uh, the space alien mafia. I mean, that's those are the only options, right? Really, and they have this whole. Uh, kind of camaraderie as she's dying where she tells her to never change you know don't don't accept violence into your heart you you can do better and i spine of a leather flock together is that fi- new yeah we finally got subtitles for the end credit lyrics and they're just as wonderful as we imagined <laughs> i'm gonna have to go watch it i didn't notice they hadn't been there before yeah. um yeah but i i feel like there's no way nagomi comes out the end of the show without like her own body count and wielding something, some kind of weapon, you know. I mean, maybe she will preserve her, her innocence. Maybe she will manage to make it through this without shedding a drop of blood. Um, I can only imagine that it means that Ranko will have to pick up the slack and, you know, John Wick her way to the top of the, the Made Mafia food chain. 
I would watch that. Yeah. I'd watch John Wick only starring a maid for four sequels. No, we, we just need a crossover. I mean, yeah. we, we have already established that the John Wick universe is fully insane. So I would believe that in the, the universe of John Wick, in their version of Japan, not mm -hmm. only do they have their improbably populated society of assassins who exist specifically to assassinate each other, uh, they also have this um, not underground at all, um, openly conducted um, made mafia war. So they can exist side by side. Okay. I just, you know, we need to send some emails and get on that, I think. No. No. Yeah. Come on, Keanu Reeves. I know, I know you do. Well. You seem like a cool guy. Yeah. Oh, I bet he'd totally be down for it. He'd wear one made costume. Yes, he would. I, he I would. believe he would. He would. He would. Without blinking an eye. He'd play it straight the entire time. <laughs> he'd, uh, I'm going to need a ketchup bottle. <laughs> moe, moe, cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moe, moe, cute. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. No. All right, everybody, that's it for the after show today. Um, we will be back next Tuesday at the same time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. If you're going to be at Anime NYC, um, you can find me there. I will be there every day. And there's an Anime News Network panel that you should try to attend that is on Friday at 5, around, it's around 5 o'clock. Off the top of my head, it's around five o'clock. You, you know, double check your anime NYC schedule, but Friday, approximately five o'clock. I think we're opposite Sword Art Online, so you know, competing with that for the audience. But if I mean, not, you know, which one you're gonna pick, right? I mean, Sword Art Online that's old news, yeah. I mean, news network never dies, yeah. We're never old news, we're always the most up to date and current news. So you should go to our panel, there'll be prizes. So and they're really easy to win. You just have to ask a question and then you get a prize. A good question. So yeah, good That's question, how... everyone. It has to be a good question. Yeah. Ask questions about how much you love the podcast. And maybe you'll, you know, win a prize. Absolutely. Yeah. We 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 play favorites here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we can be bribed, but only by compliments, not with money. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.